Thank you, Anne. And make your bed. I will. I will. I'm going to make that more of a determined ritual because I have to admit it doesn't happen every single day. So yes, I have to figure out how to make it after I have my, my three fur babies sleeping on top. It's always just something else. Hi, and welcome back to Scotland Talks. I'm Anne Scotland. We are here to have a conversation about how we can have less stress and more joy in our life, examining how emotional wellness and spiritual wellness is important in our lives and brings us the kind of satisfaction and success that we want and deserve. So welcome to this open and inclusive conversation. I'm so glad you're here. Please do like and subscribe on whatever platform you are viewing or listening today. And now let's get started with my special guest. And I am excited today to share with you um, a beautiful woman and author who has such a wonderful message for the world. And we were talking before the show, and I'm so excited to be able to have her here today and talk about some things that really need to be heard about healing, about recovery, about art, about writing, and about learning to have a more inclusive space in our life and our hearts for ourselves and others. So that's a lot. Stay tuned though, because you're gonna to wanna to hear this. Um, so I wanna welcome Catherine Lawrence. Hi, Catherine, so glad to have you here today. Hi, Anne, glad to be here. Uh, Catherine Lawrence is an author of five books. She's from Saskatchewan, Canada, and she told me the city. Please tell me that again. Saskatoon. Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I was so afraid I wasn't gonna be able to say that in a row. So I just said Saskatchewan. Saskatoon, that is beautiful. I'm, oh, I'm so sorry for whoever you have to spell that for on the phone. <laughs> That's gotta be a lot. I used to live in a town called Utawa and before another town called Issaquah and I had the same, it like never ended. Um, so beautiful. Um, anyway, so I'm so happy to have you here and um, so Catherine, you write poetry, you write stories, and you really have a passion for um, helping people find their creative outlet, their creative message as a for form of growth and healing and really finding their joy after sadness. Tell me a little bit about your work, how you got started and, and why this was so important to you. Well, and sadness led me to become a writer. I was a very depressed, very mixed up young teenage girl at the time that my parents were going through uh, a nasty divorce. Mm -hmm. And I uh, found my way in into into poetry. If something has to come out, it's going to find an outlet, uh, maybe through music, maybe through wrestling, maybe through running, maybe through art, whatever, it's going to it's going to find its way out. The key is to be confident about uh, getting it out and not feeling silly. So fortunately, I had very encouraging teachers. Wow. Uh, so I've been writing, I've been essentially writing all my life. I, and my whole thing is the family, I want to understand why some families thrive, absolutely thrive and why some families just uh, fall apart. Mm -hmm. And um, I have 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 learned through research and through counseling and through writing, that the foundational family, our first family, as we all know, shapes us in so many, many ways. And when a child experiences the breakdown of that family, the impact is is lifelong. 
And um, the mistake I made, and so many children of divorce make, or adult children of divorce make, is that we um, we accept the message from society that kids are resilient, mm-hmm. and that you know uh, there's such a thing as a good divorce. Uh, well, we aren't that resilient. It's not that we grow up wanting to blame and that we want to be victims, but um, it's a sadness and it's a it's a huge, huge uh, break in the psyche that has to be uh, recognized and and talked about. So I'm happy to be on your your program to Thank talk you. about this really important uh, subject. It is so important, um, you know, acknowledging acknowledging sadness and, 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 and which is a form of brokenness. Uh, I, I say to, I've always said about joy since joy is always, you know, one of my favorite topics, of course, is that, um, you know, joy is your birthright as a human being. You were born as a baby, as a toddler, majority of people, the more majority of, of young lives, express that joy they laugh they have fun they don't have it they're not judging it they have they're in their they're, they're just in that spontaneous space even animals and play you see it you know see it all the time it's so much fun so joy is really a birthright that we have as part of being alive um but when that is damaged or dented um through sadness through trauma um you know how do we how do we reclaim that and how do we support kids and understand that resilience isn't automatic when you're in that formative time you're actually less resilient um, sometimes because you haven't you haven't learned that you'll be okay yet mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right so i mean the, the the pain has to be acknowledged whether it's uh, acknowledged as you know a, a child or acknowledged later as an as an adult, it has to be affirmed before you can move on. And for me, I I take great joy in in writing. And I've just I've just finished a a, a reading tour for um for um uh, a black black umbrella. Let's hold it up here. And uh, and that gave me tremendous joy to be be sharing this work with new readers and and sharing sharing my story listening to other people's stories everybody as we know has got has got a story mm-hmm. and our our family stories are so revealing and and we and, and they're so encoded and we have so many rules around secrets what we can reveal what we can't say it trips us up we need to we need to just embrace our truth and speak our joy. That's beautiful. So can you give us just a super brief synopsis of Black Umbrella? Sure. Um, Black Umbrella is a is a poetic memoir. Mm-hmm. And um, it follows, um, well, you know, and let me just read the opening poem oh, sure. and that yeah. will set the stage. I was going to ask you if you'd read a poem, book. so that's Thanks. perfect. <laughs> This is called Hooked. I knew every charm on her bracelet, the silver sound that chimed as she moved from room to room, knew what my father didn't know. I knew the link between the tiny telephone dangling from her wrist and the one fixed to the kitchen wall. It rang once every night after dinner, a code she translated by touch, 
her fingers deciphering the trinket soldered between a jewel-eyed kitten and the tear-drop birthstone. I pestered her like a child, begged, tell me, tell me, I can keep a secret. And I did, or even better. I forgot until years later, when I lifted the lid of a velvet-lined box, uncovered that bracelet, a piece little sister didn't fancy, and neither did I. What are daughters to do with a mother's tangle of necklaces, brooches, and earrings? We sorted and donated, kept an occasional piece to wear, on occasion, fastened a silver chain to the underside of a veined wrist, and listened to her charms, the way I pretended a stranger dialed the same wrong number night after night. So this is a this is a memoir that chronicles the fallout of what I would call emotional abuse and having to keep secrets in in my family, mm -hmm. the secret of my mother's involvement with another man and the damage it did to my father and to to, to our family mm -hmm. and the complicated love and loyalty that I maintained mm -hmm. all through my life with her. Mm -hmm. um, I loved her. I loved her like, um, like I, love, I loved her like a daughter. <laughs> I loved my mother, but she was very, very complicated. And, um, and I learned what not to do mm. going forward as I, as I grew and uh, made decisions mm. about, about uh, marriage and, and whether to have a family or not. So she became my role model in terms of, of how not, how not to conduct my life. What was so, um, what was it was one, a very complicated, very interesting. What was one um, one of your what is one of your primary takeaways from all that you learned and and how you decided to build and and build your own life for yourself? What was one of the takeaways from that learning experience that you feel is important for other people to know if they're willing to listen? I think it has to do with. Um, with uh, self with self criticism mm -hmm. uh, and also not criticizing uh, someone that you that you love. Mm. I remember when I told my father that I was going to marry, uh, he sat down and he said, "Well, that's great, he said, but just don't criticize the guy. And it was good advice that I took into my marriage because whenever we have an issue, instead of me doing some, me beating around the bushes and, and saying something cruel, mm. I, you know, I, I, I can be honest first with myself mm -hmm. and then with, with my partner, it extends to friendships as well. So, so self-honesty, I think, I think that's it. Mm -hmm. I love that. And then also we had talked a little bit um, previously about joy and the joy of inclusivity and how do we, what is that transition from this, you know, finding your own healing, finding your own truth, and then um, adding um, a mentality of inclusivity to the mix. You talked a little bit about uncommon love. Um, share with us a little bit what you were, what you're. Well, sure. So, um, so my 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 middle grade novel in verse stay um it's it's a story about millie who's 11 years old and trying to come to terms with her her parents uh 
the uh, break breakup and the the dissolution of her family, and she wants them to stay together, uh, but she's also desperate for a dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, for Millie, um, for Millie, uh, she eventually is able to find her way through to the acceptance of the breakdown of her family by by uh, through learning about how to love mm-hmm. a dog learning that she can't have the dog and then finally that she can have the dog and then and then accepting a family that's not like uh the families of of, of her friends so she lives with her mother one one week her father the next week um the dog stays at, at the mother's as millie goes back back and forth but that's that's just that's just one example but as i work through through um uh millie's feelings you know, she doesn't, she's now separate and different from her friends because her parents have, have broken up. Now in North America, we have about, you know, half of, half of marriages break down. So a uh, huge proportion of children living in single parent households. So a child in a single parent household may not feel so out of sync with a traditional mm. family. But, but what we see going forward is, you know, um, uh, um, bisexual uh, people creating their own families, uh, people who choose not to have children and still they are a family, a family of one or a family of, of many. I mean, we, we have redefined family, which I think is fantastic. It gives us breathing room. It gives us a chance to be who we are. I love that. Yeah. I have, you know, I have a redefined family, I guess, if you will, um, you know, I, um, I married a, a beautiful international man. I chose not to have children. Um, I have three fur babies instead, rescue dogs that are all my love and joy. And I've never regretted it. I've never regretted it. Um, you know, I did have one failed marriage first. So that was actually, ironically, the more traditional relationship. Very mm-hmm. much so. Yeah, we don't and all fit in the slots. Yeah, it, we just do what we think we watched or viewed or understood or what was expected of us. And I grew up in a very, you know, kind of odd, um, conservative and isolated environment, uh, very patriarchal norms and saw myself at best as sort of, you know, the glorified 1950s housewife, like at, at minimum, you know, you, you kind of did all, you know, you looked great, you held it all together, you, you did everything to make your husband's life as pleasant as possible. And, uh, and it wasn't that it was all bad, but it wasn't, I wasn't being who I was as an individual and being expressed and learning and growing and, and following my vision, my own personal dream. Right. And, it wasn't you know, honest. Yeah. And even though it was an unwanted divorce for me, it happened anyway. And in blessing in disguise, because I got to then really pursue finding out who I really was and what was my purpose in the world and what was my vision. And, um, you know, at that stage in my life, I was like, well, I guess I guess get to be a grown kid forever because I, I hadn't had kids. And I thought, yeah, I think I'm going to keep it that way. So again, a non-traditional sort of family um and i literally wouldn't have it any other way i have nine nieces and nephews i have no short no shortage of children in my life but yeah and of course there's 
especially when you're young, there's a lot of judgment and criticism and questions from some of the older matriarchs in your extended sphere when you don't. Yeah, of course. Know. Yeah. But um, the, the, the questions are the, are the ones that they're going to put to the woman, not to the man. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. Yes. And, um, and, you know, I went through those and then fortunately my, you know, my brothers had kids and <laughs> God, it was just easier after a while. Well, there's, there's, there's lots and lots of ways for men and women to share their love with the world. It doesn't have to be through children. Absolutely. I right. agree. Right. And if we're not, if we're not honest with our, with ourselves, then I think that's when the self-criticism and the judgment comes in. When you're unhappy, you tend to be critical of, <clears throat> of everything and everybody. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So uh, what's one piece of advice you would give to um, anyone, maybe a child or adult possibly, on um, how to move from sadness into joy? How to move from sadness into joy? Well, uh, finding a creative outlet sounds is is what I is what I did. Um, I can't I can't speak for others, but for me, it, I just was absolutely essential that I that I try to write out what was going on inside, and that's that's what has stayed true for me all all my life. Uh, so teachers play a huge role in helping kids find find those outlets. Uh, absolutely, because it can be pretty scary for a kid. What do they do with this stuff once when, once it's out? Mm -hmm. So I think I think that is my my main piece of advice. Mm -hmm. And so and and could be different things for different kids or different people, right? Whether it's drawing or um, you know, which I know they do a lot around in mental health and and treatment and drawing or writing dancing, dancing dancing cooking jewelry making all yeah. of that um and yeah. and finding alternative relationships in a healthy way like like you mentioned the dog in the story um mm -hmm. i remember when my parents would have a fight a argument rat mostly an argument i was fortunate um bad arguments or if there was you know another adult in the house and you know extended family and they were kind of all having an argument the tension just was very traumatizing to me and just as a very sensitive child and so i used to go out i would go out in the snow and go out in the dog house with the dog because there was one of those heat lamps out there and i would just curl up on the straw with the dog it lived out in the country and um that was my safe heaven and and i tell people now i've always it's like a joke right but i'm like well Whatever heaven is, I don't care where I go as long as I go to dog heaven because <laughs> I know right. I'll be happy there. People, yeah, probably, but dogs, yeah, I'll definitely be happy yeah. there. Yeah, so, a warm bed of straw. Yes. So finding those relationships um, and 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 finding those creative outlets. And as adults, it, it extends too. Whether you were creative as a child or you didn't have that opportunity and that outlet, you know, once people really kind of get busy in life, hit the rat race, and they've got bills and a mortgage and a job and a family and kids, and they're just running around. And, you know, they haven't even thought for years about some of those creative things that used to bring them so much joy, you know, whether it's writing or yeah. woodworking or carving or drawing or just gardening or cooking, whatever. It's true. But, you know, when you say what's, you know, a piece of advice, I'll say this. <clears throat> now, bear with me, because I'm going to sound very silly. But another piece of advice that I really hold to is this. Make your bed every morning. 
you mentioned your you mentioned the dog bed. <laughs> the bed is the bed is absolutely essential. It's where we it's where we we take our our tired bodies at the end of the day. It's where we dream. It's where we find comfort and safety and sleep. So the world is the days can be chaotic. The world is and can be confusing and chaotic. But you step out of bed every morning and you turn and you make your bed. You've done one positive thing to restore order in mm-hmm. your world. And at the end of the day, you come back to that to that order. <laughs> it it bookmarks your day. I love that. <laughs> I love it too. I mean, what kind of advice <clears throat> can can you give anybody? You know, listen to yourself, be honest, um, find your love, find your creative passion. You know, all that sounds great, but how do you do it? Well, you know what? Start with one, one good thing every day. That's amazing. What a cool ritual. <laughs> like that's a simple ritual. And I love how you, you know, gave it meaning as in restores order in your life. Um, for me, it always just feels better to get into a made bed than, you know, some tangled mess from yesterday. <laughs> but, but your but your story, but your story is so is so telling and that when you you wanted to flee the upset of your home mm-hmm. and go into the home of of your dog mm-hmm. and share the dog's bed yes right peace you didn't share you didn't no. you didn't sit outside with the dog yeah you didn't go for a walk with the dog right you it went to the most sacred point mm-hmm. in that dog's like, existence we both would just curl up yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Really you just beautiful I love it. Feel so safe. And every creature has a bed. It's true. It's true. I think about that all the time. Actually, yeah, yeah, dens and hollows and nests. So fascinated by that. I love nature. So we could talk about that forever too. So that's my other go-to for healing and health and wellness. My sanctuary. My everything. um, For me, is is nature and. Yeah, remembering that we're a part of it and looking at sometimes the both the simplicity and the um, activity and mm-hmm. creativity that is so um, abundantly available to witness in nature is just such a beautiful thing and such a wonderful way to find your joy. Well, this has been so much fun and I just thank you for sharing all of this with us and um, share your website so people can uh, find you online. Okay. Um- can I conclude with um, yes. with one brief poem from Please. Stick? I would love that. This is called Punctuation. I've got the longest ponytail in class, a blonde question mark curling my spine. If my hair could ask, would mum brush and comb the answer, sweep my suspicions into an updo, or braid and tie another lie? Mm. at that point in the story she's suspicious that something's up in the family yes please go to my website it's uh, katherinelawrence.net awesome and that's k-a-t-h-e-r-i-n-e lawrence spelled the traditional way uh dot net check out Mm -hmm. Catherine's books um or shoot her a message if any of what she should say is resonating with you or is something you have in your past, something that you are wanting to bring 
light and creativity to children in your world or if you're a teacher or a parent there's so much that you can learn and appreciate here Catherine I'm so glad that you were here today thank you so much <laughs> thank you Anne and make your bed I will I will I need to make that more of a determined ritual because I have to admit it doesn't happen every single day so yes I have to figure out how to make it after I have my, my three fur babies sleeping on top of it. it's always just but I love this, this is great it's perfect. Thank you so much, Ann. Thank you, and um, be well. We'll talk to you soon. And for the rest of you, um, please do like and subscribe on whatever uh, platform you're watching or listening today. And join me again next week for Scotland Talks. Thanks for being here.